and in this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcast, I will be talking to the lovely Kate Ramsey, who is an IT professional, mum of two, marathon runner, and incredibly stubborn woman, taking the long way round to achieving her goals, despite recurrent surgeries and chronic pain, and hoping to increase awareness of endo and to challenge stereotypes. And her story of inspiration is all about living and thriving with endo. And welcome, Kate, to the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Um, I would just like to say thank you for joining me. And if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your inspirational story. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, my name is Kate Ramsey. I, uh, I was going to start with some numbers, actually, if that's all right. So one in 10 women have endometriosis. I'm currently 42 years old. I was diagnosed at age 31. I started my periods at 12 and, and they weren't normal, but we'll come to that. I've had five surgeries and I'm lucky that I have two children. I've also run 23 marathons and my best marathon time is three hours and 53 minutes. And I add that in because endo isn't me. Endo isn't everything that represents me and those numbers aren't the whole story. So I really wanted to share a little bit of my experience with with endometriosis. I'm passionate about raising awareness of it. When I was diagnosed, it was very obvious to me looking at my history that I had always had this disease. And yet, despite showing all of the symptoms, I didn't join the dots together because I didn't know what it was. I thought it was normal to bleed heavily. I thought it was normal to be in pain. I thought it was just part of being a woman. And I listened to the well-intended advice that I was given medically until my life was interrupted and I couldn't live it in the way that, that I wanted to. So I want to talk to you a bit about that, about um, how I was diagnosed, how I dealt with that, and me trying my best to make my peace with, with the condition, because I'm passionate about me living and thriving with my endo, not in spite of it, but with my endo. So as I said, I started my periods when I was 12, and they were quite heavy, I would be doubled over in pain, and I just thought that was normal. I was told that was normal. I was put on the pill, I was given methanic acid, I was told to take a hot water bottle, and so it went on up and up into my teens. Mm-hmm. It was always quite painful, but that, that was just how it was. When I hit my 30s, I was very lucky. I fell pregnant right away with my first son. And then the year after, I started to get aches and pains. Um, I was told I had a urine infection. I was told I had a kidney infection, the pain in my back, temperature going up really bad cramps waking up at five in the morning waiting for the sun to come up to go for a run which was the only thing that I knew that would break up the pain and all of this was normal I was sent for um, a test for chlamydia even though I knew I couldn't have it which thoroughly embarrassed me and added to the shame I felt about speaking about periods and blood and pain and all these things that we're told just to put up with and, and to keep quiet about that experience made me so uncomfortable that I stopped taking any contraception whatsoever and if anyone knows anything about endo you'll know that hormonal treatments are are seen as one of the key treatments for that and therefore it was the worst thing that I could do. 
I started running in my 20s and as I said I found it really helpful with it uh, with the pain and marathon being my prefer preferred distance. On my last run of a spring marathon campaign I pulled up short just shy of 20 miles with excruciating pain in my hip abdominal area and I honestly thought I'd pulled my groin. I, I stumbled home um, and it didn't get any better. My mobility got really bad. I didn't realise how badly I was walking. I didn't realise that I was groaning, that you could hear me struggling with the pain. And enough was enough. And I went to the doctor, was told it was my bowel, I knew it wasn't my bowel. Took all the tablets, went away, didn't want to cause a fuss. Went back, still wasn't good, really struggling with my, my mobility. And given I'd been running 20 miles before, that, that was really quite quick. I was then told if it was a very offhand statement, well, if it's not your bowel, it's your ovaries. And I knew immediately that that's what it was. And I've been extremely fortunate that I have private healthcare through my employer. And in a relatively short space of time, I was able to see a gynecologist where immediately I was given a scan. I was told that I had cysts on my ovary, that my ovary was embedded in the wall of my pelvis and my bladder was pulled to the side. And I'd been doing 20 mile runs with this going on inside me unaware. Wow. And I'd been fortunate enough to have a child, not knowing that my insides were stuck together. Um, as I say, I was really, really fortunate that I had the private health care, but I still had a significant time years in between when I could have been making better choices in my lifestyle and, and, and treatments for my condition. So the first stage for me was that I had obviously, well not obviously, I had a laparoscopy. And as I said, I've had five surgeries. In the, in, within a period of eight years, I had the five surgeries and my pregnancies. I've had three laparoscopies to remove endometriosis and adhesions. I've had one ovary removed and a year and a half ago, I had the hysterectomy. And these are all fairly standard treatments for, for endo. In and amongst that, I've undergone hormone treatment. I have taken double doses of the pill back to back with all the fun that brings from a hormonal perspective, bowel issues, everything else. And I've also been put into the medical menopause, which I have to say has been the hardest treatment I've found and one that I did not want to take again when I was given the option of that or a hysterectomy. I took the hysterectomy. Did not want to go through um, medical menopause. It's, I found it extremely severe going from normal levels of hormones for a woman of my age to nothing. Um, and, and the side effects from a mental health perspective were not explained to me at all. I, I found that very, very grueling. I've had every painkiller you can imagine. I've tried acupuncture. I've tried mindfulness. I've looked at diet, an area that I'm not great with. I'll be honest, I'm not great. And I've tried all of these things. And the journey's been a painful one. It's really difficult. You know, if I take myself back to being diagnosed, you know, I was three weeks away from my first marathon. Everybody knew I was doing this race. My identity is wrapped up in me running. My social life is wrapped up in me running. I had spent four months with young children, you know, spending all of that time training for that event. And then on the day of the race itself, and I couldn't do it, I, I could barely walk. And it made me really, I was angry. I felt really angry. Why was this happening to me? Um, I don't think if I'm honest, I really understood the diagnosis until a couple of surgeries later. 
I think I thought I was having my tonsils out. I think I thought once I had this surgery that it would all be back to normal and I didn't expect to be in surgery a year later. You know, that came as quite a shock. And I guess everybody goes through their own change curve and it's not easy. It's not easy. People don't understand what the disease is. You're trying to explain to a partner. You're trying to have a physically intimate relationship and that's lots of challenges with pain and how you're feeling and you know anyone that's had it will know exactly what I mean it, it's not easy and for me I definitely went through that change curve of anger um I went through I went into real battle mode with it this will not define me I will do what I have always done albeit I might do it a bit differently um and I found that helpful at the time I found that really really helpful um and my consultant has been fantastic absolutely fantastic and he has always said to me it will hurt you to keep running but it will not harm you and therefore for the mental health aspect it's something that I've kept doing now it has meant that I've had to pull out of races it's meant that I have been in first aid after races it's meant that my friends have had to physically pick me up off the floor after I've run a race but to me at the time I couldn't I wouldn't compromise on doing what I'd always done I might have been slower I might have, you know, you wouldn't have given me a hug at the end, <laughs> you know, but I was determined that I was going to do it. And I look back now, and I, especially if a photograph of me at Amsterdam, and I look like a normal runner, I look fine. I know I was really ill. I was in a lot of pain. I had just started medical menopause. Um, I was desperate for another baby. It was a horrible time. And I look at this photograph, and instead of seeing the strength and all the things that you think you see, I wonder what the hell I'm playing at and why I put myself through that because me now has come to a place of acceptance that at the time I just couldn't give myself and I think you know and I think that's really important to talk about the different stages you go through everybody's journey is different everybody's pain is different everybody deals with pain differently and I guess where I'm passionate is in telling people about what I've gone through because we just don't talk about it there's still a stigma attached to it there's a lack of awareness, you know, and it's not just our partners, our families, it's our employers. It's around making us have the things we need to be able to perform in the way that we need to, whether that's in an office environment, whether that's, you know, support for us to continue to do the sport or activities we love. It doesn't need to be running, you might want to dance, you might want to, whatever it is that floats your boat you know, you, you shouldn't be precluded from doing that because, because you have this. And I think for me, one of the challenges is that everybody thinks, oh, it's just a heavy period. Get your hot water bottle, lie in your bed and eat your chocolate. The one thing I've learned is that chocolate, sugar, increases my pain. Very personal thing, it increases my pain. A lack of activity whilst appealing increases my pain. Um, and so for me, what I'm really passionate about is um, us living and thriving the best we can with endo. If we go into a battle mentality, it can be really helpful in those early stages of, of motivating you um, and overcoming the, the obstacles that you have. But for me, ultimately, you're, you're creating that fight or flight response and you're increasing the stress and all those hormones in your body. But beyond that, as much as I hate to say it, I'm the endo and the endo's me. And in that battle, only one person is going to lose, and that's me. If I push myself too hard, to do too much, 
um, if, I, if I refuse to change how I'm eating or if I refuse to make the adaptions that I need to, it's me that loses. It's me that loses out. And I have found that a really difficult place to get to. And it's taken me 10 years. It's taken me the five surgeries to get to that point of acceptance. It's taken me a good few years to really hear what my consultant was telling me the decisions that he was really asking me to make. It's taken me a very long time to do that. And I understand the severity of a disease is different for different women. We all cope in different ways. I'm not suggesting that everybody runs marathons. You have to find what's right for you. I think for me, it's around becoming an advocate for yourself, making peace with the condition and making the right decisions for you. When I was told I needed to have a hysterectomy, it was no surprise to me. And my choice was to go for the the medical menopause again or the hysterectomy and I absolutely just as I said before wasn't going down the route of, of the medical menopause I just wasn't going down that route it was still a shock I felt a sense of loss and grief and sometimes I still do sometimes feel that it, in my 40s I shouldn't have had to make this decision but I have but I'm making what I feel is the right decision for me to try and thrive. I'm making, I'm making that and I'm trying to think, what else might I do? So for me, um, it's about taking that choice. You don't have to accept the treatment. If somebody's offering you painkillers, what does that do for you? If it makes you woozy, if it makes you faint, if it causes bowel issues when your stomach's already a war zone, that's maybe not the right decision for you. And it's okay for you to say no, to really stand back and go, actually, is it better with the status quo? And I'm not, I'm not at all qualified to give medical advice, but all I'm saying is that I'm making, stepping back, questioning the advice you've been given, reading as much as you can, talking to people, talking to other people with the disease, talking to your family, and, and understand what works for you. Because I've come to the point now, having had all of those surgeries, that what works for me is um, cutting out sugar, if I can stretch and do Pilates, that really, really helps. And if I'm in pain, I do find the exercise helps. And I think that's as much mentally as otherwise. And I'm really fascinated in all these other bits. And my consultant and I would talk about 1%. And he would say, you know, there's no, there's no evidence that acupuncture will work or that mindfulness is a cure. That if these little things push you 1% forward, doesn't matter. It, you know, does it matter if these things all work for you? So, as I've said, for me, it's just around trying to be as comfortable as you can with where you're at. Don't allow yourself to be boxed in. I remember somebody said to me, how do you keep running when you're in the pain that you're in? And I almost liken it to, I'm on an island. And if I stop, like I used to have to not wear jeans because it hurt. If I stop wearing jeans, the, the island's been covered by water. If I stop running, even more water's coming on the island. If I stop going out with my friends, even more. And then suddenly I'm standing in this tiny patch of sand and my life's diminished and I can't do anything because I've given it all up. And there are times when you just can't do something. There are times when you have to make a sensible call. But if I stop doing all these things that make me me if I stop doing all these things that I love then I'm no longer me and I'm and I'm I'm living 
I don't know, I'm going to say I'm living the life that Endo's handing me, but then I'm almost making that a separate entity and contradicting myself there. But for me, it's about making sure that, that you're doing the things you've always done with the adaptions that you need to make. And I think that's a really important thing to make. You know, it's all about these adaptions and what's right for you one year will not be right for you the next. You know, I had to try all the painkillers. And, you know, I look back now and I think I should have had all those surgeries because now five surgeries on, um, obviously I don't have the bleeding issues that I had. I have nerve damage and I have pain. It, it's low, mostly low level. It's mostly fairly consistent. I don't have the huge highs and lows that I had before. But if I hadn't had those surgeries, I now wouldn't have the adhesions. But if I hadn't had those surgeries, I might not have my son. And therefore, I have to make my peace. I did the right thing for me at that time for where I was in my journey and that's okay you know I had to take all the painkillers to realize that they made me really sick and they actually made it, things worse um, I had to go through the menopause to realize that it really was horrendous for me um, and, the, and the food is a really interesting point because I'd say I've only very recently started to get on top of that because at the time I felt like there was no way in hell I was letting Endo tell me what I could and couldn't eat and at the time when I was given that advice, I just wasn't having it. I just, I was like, I'll be damned if I'm being told what I can and can't eat. I'm already wearing leggings and big fluid t-shirts and I couldn't bend down to pick things up. And, oh, you know, and at the time, I just, I wasn't open to that at all. Um, and it will change. And I'm sure if I, <laughs> and if you spoke to me in a year's time, I might have a different perspective. Yeah. So I guess in summary, I, you know, for me, I'm just really passionate about us coming together about us taking I don't know taking control is not the right word but but being an advocate for yourself not being frightened to really challenge and question what's right for you to make peace with your condition um, and talk to each other and most importantly be kind you're doing the very best you can with a very difficult hand and um, and you can continue to do everything that you did and everything that you want to, the path might be longer, it might be wrigglier, it might be colder, darker, it might be lonelier than you thought, but I promise you when you get to the end of that, it's going to be all the sweeter for it, because that 353 PB was done a couple of months before my hysterectomy, and I managed to do it, even though I was in pain, and I'll be honest, I had put off seeing my consultant because I knew what was going to happen, and I was able to do that, we're remarkable beings our bodies adapt so much before they break and we've got that capability within us and thank you so much for um joining us today and telling the, the story um it really um i think a lot of people who are listening will definitely um resonate even if they haven't got endometriosis i think as women we um have to um, have a numerous amount of um, diseases and other um, things that go wrong, you know, polycystic ovaries, etc., that we have to go through. And I think uh, one of the things that definitely hit home is that to be kind to yourself and that everybody's journey is different. Now, I, I'm also uh, and have endometriosis or had endometriosis and it wasn't until the acceptance of it 
really that my life changed as well so um yeah just to to kind of be changing on that is just amazing but i just want to finish by saying thank you for your wonderful story and thanks uh, to the listeners and if there's one thing that you would want to leave the listeners i know that you'd left them but if there's one thing that you want to leave the listeners with what would it be to talk to each other to talk to each other to talk to if you have children talk to them awareness boys or girls i have two boys and I'm at that awkward stage of the birds and the bees chat with my son. And the minute I had it, he made the link. Oh, mum, that's what was wrong with you. Right. That makes sense. Talk to your friends, to your kids, raise awareness of what's normal and what's not. And decrease the stigma around us talking about what is a perfectly natural and normal event for half the population. Yeah, definitely. Raise awareness of what is normality i think that's a wonderful thing to leave on and thanks again kate and we will say goodbye thank you bye-bye